everybody, and welcome to the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast, a podcast all about board games, board games, and the people who love them. My name is Quentin Smith, and I've been thinking and talking about board games for 10 years. That's a kind of weird prison sentence if you're not into board games. Fortunately, I love them. And joining me on today's podcast is none other than Tom Brewster, a guy we hired a couple of years ago. How's it going, Tom? <laughs> really, that's a really good, you know, just saying it like it is, isn't it, really? A guy who we hired to do a job, and I've been doing it for like three years, maybe. Three years, I got that wrong. I was going to call myself a truth teller. Turns out I couldn't even get that basic truth right. Um, fortunately, truth is not going to be a big part of this podcast. In this <laughs> special edition of the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast, Tom and I are going to be slapping down five apiece predictions of what is going to happen in 2023. And I'll, I'll flag this now. Some of my predictions stretch off into 2024. That's fine. That's, that's for, allowed. That's for you and the people at home to deal with. I, I'll also stress that they're, they're, they're board game predictions, not just like predictions more broadly. I predict that the Donbass will see... Yeah, no, it's... <laughs> It's uh, it's going to just be predictions about uh, the board games and the board games industry. Now, Tom, obviously, like the real test predictions are are a, are a fraught um, thing for a journalist to do because you know it's it, like this podcast will, of course, hang around. People can go back and listen to it, and they'll be able to see exactly how right or wrong we were. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you right now of your five predictions. If you're really honest with yourself, how many do you think are going to come true? A One. number, not specific. One. Oh, One. right, really? I think so. So you've got what, uh, other, other four, other remaining four just like jokes or are they long shots? No, they're just, I mean, it's just, it's going to be very difficult to, uh, you know, it, it's going to be hard to predict the board game industry. And we don't actually have, I'll, I'll sort of lay down some of the ground rules here. I guess we're not allowed to use any insider information or anything like that. Um, so all of my predictions are of things that I have literally no idea whether they'll come true or not. And also I've tried to avoid any of them being like subjective. They're all just like things that will happen. So I think a lot of them are long shots and rely on you know, a better or more in-depth knowledge of the board game industry than I actually have. Oh, uh, interesting. Uh, several of mine are subjective along the lines of this I don't think will be good. <laughs> okay, um, interesting. I'm just mega opinionated. Uh, let's, let, oh, I'm too tense. I'm nervous. I'm starting to get sticky <laughs> and sweaty. Let's slap a sting in and get started. Before we get started, though, actually, I want to I wanna, uh, sort of raise the stakes here a little bit. So the reason that I pitched us doing this podcast, because I've been listening to lots of um, 2023 video game predictions podcasts, and normally the hosts on these podcasts, Quinns, they'll stake something. They'll put something on the line. <laughs> they turn it into oh, no. a competition. Okay. So... Uh, there's a there's a video game podcast called Triple Click. Their uh, victory condition, the thing that happens if someone wins, is that everyone else has to play a game of their choice. Um, okay. So they force them to play, you know, a game from their childhood or something. For us, though, I wonder if we should be a bit meaner. And I think we I... have the benefit here of board games being physical objects that one person can own. Whoa, what? <laughs> hang on. You you sent me a message yesterday saying, hey, do you want to do a predictions podcast? And I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> I bashed some nonsense out in the last hour. And now, like, you're bloody highwaymen showing up. And I feel like I'm in the process of being mugged or scammed. It's okay. theatrics. It's theatrics. So are you telling me that we get to remove 
and we get to go over to one another's house. Whoever gets more predictions right and just straight up take a game from the other person. Correct. Yes. Wow. You know what? I'm not going to overthink this. I'm all in. Because, Tom, <laughs> I've been envious of your copy of Beyond the Sun uh, for, for pretty much since you did the review. But like, can we can we say it's not like not too expensive? Like, because Beyond the Sun, that RRP forty quid. Yes. Is there a game in my collection that you would just have? Uh, yeah, I mean, like the thing, my my one would be like I've always been slightly jealous of your massively expensive copy of Food Chain Magnate, but that's been at uh, my house for the past like yeah, year. I've lent that you. Okay, like <laughs> there are. I'm looking at my board game collection now. And there's too many games that if you took, it would be like like removing a bone from my rib cage. I feel like, like you get like you know, maybe a veto on on games. Yeah. Like, for example, you probably don't want my copy of Oath, but you could take it just to hurt me. And I, yeah, uh, I, I would probably take it and then use one. it like as a plate. And, <laughs> and just send you pictures of the food getting over. Okay, okay, fine. We'll see, like, we'll just have to, if, because this some of my own are kind of fuzzy, we're just going to have to like, we're going to have to revisit this next year, basically. Yes, that's the plan. Burgle one another. Okay, well, this just got more juicy. All right, let's put another sting in and go. But now I'm oh, you've really changed the tenor of this of this podcast. <laughs> okay, do you want to go first or shall I? Uh you can go first. My first one isn't that exciting. Mine isn't that exciting. Mine get weirder as I as I as I sort of spent more time thinking about this. Okay. This is gonna be a tricky one to prove, but and this also might be something similar that you've got down. <clears throat> Quinn's prediction number one. I think the... You know how when Shut Up It Down plays a Kickstarter game, you can tell it's a Kickstarter game? Yes. Like, generally, you notice that the components are a bit big, uh-huh. a bit flashy. There's a weird sort of unnecessarily gaudy or a maximalist approach to the design. It comes in so multiple predict- discrete boxes, and you're not quite that- sure which ones you should blend together at any given time. Oh my goodness, I can't believe the the point in which Kickstarters started arriving in multiple separate boxes because one box physically could not hold everything should have been a wake-up call. Uh But uh, So my prediction for 2023, first one, is I think the gap between crowdfunded board games and non-crowdfunded board games is going to grow. Okay, I think that gulf is only going to become wider. I think ordinary publishers are going to be tightening their belts as manufacturing in China gets more expensive. Meanwhile, I think crowdfunded games, which is like an industry that just has not shrank at all. It's still absolutely enormous. And now it's not even restricted to Kickstarter. We now have multiple successful crowdfunding sites. I think to stand out from one another and from regular published games, Kickstarter games are only going to get bigger and more gaudy at the same time as regular publishers make their games smaller, simpler, and more svelte. I like this prediction, and I think it will probably come true but i think it's too subjective i think that it's going to be very hard to measure so if you can clap some kind of number on this one i'll allow it Ooh, okay Ooh, what, what, uh, mm, how am i gonna do that okay i'm gonna say regular published board games are going to be on average 10 percent <laughs> smaller and 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 crowdfunded games are going to be on average 15 percent flashier and bigger Jeez. also i i just had a note here that like this kind of puts Shut Up and Sit Down in a weird spot because obviously anyone who's been listening to the podcast or watching the reviews for a long time will know that we tend to be quite like critical and quite arch when it comes to crowdfunded games. We sort of like say, you know, well, you know, with the you know the climate crisis being what it is and with, you know, like space in houses being what they are, Kickstarter games are just too big. And I've got a note here that like 
But if being unnecessarily flashy starts being how crowdfunded games define themselves, are we even right to complain anymore? It would be like reviewing a noisy lime green colored sports car and then complaining that it's flashy. Mm. You know what I mean? Is it time for Shut Up and Sit Down to just accept that crowdfunded games are going to be stupidly big and th- we should just accept that? Because I don't want to accept it. I want to rail against the dying of the light. Yeah, I, no, I, I want to rail against it. Like, I, I agree with you that, like, you know, we, got, we kind of have to accept that those games are going to be massive. That's what they are. But we can still kind of resent them for it. It's like, you know, Marvel movies being the predominant thing that is in the cinema at the moment, right? Like, you know, yeah. I'm not going no into... Did- well, I'm not going into a Marvel movie full stop, but, like, I'm not going into a Marvel <laughs> movie <laughs> expecting, you know, it to be some sort of beautiful ode to the, to the craft of cinema. Um, but I can still be annoyed that they are shunting out beautiful odes to the craft of cinema from theatres en masse, but, right? But if your job was to review Marvel movies, oh, does it still make... I know. But does it still make sense to start every Marvel movie review with, of course, I don't like this because it's a Marvel movie. <laughs> like, you know, it's, you know, should the, should the job of the critic be to just meet creators where they are if creators are just trying to make a lot of money off the back of, you know, Doctor Strange. I feel like you're building sort of this, like, you know, beautiful house around your core prediction, which is going to be, like, impossible <laughs> to prove. Um, okay, look, well, let's let's move on. Let's move on. We could leave it for the for uh, for our our listeners to decide whether I whether I got that right or wrong. What's your number one? My number one is that Z-Man Games will create a pandemic Marvel edition. Oh. <laughs> we'll all will announce it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Hang on. Oh, right. Because okay, Fantasy Flight own the Marvel license now, don't they? Uh, which and so that's all under the umbrella of Asmodee. So I don't know. You know, I don't know how that works. Like, yeah. neither do I. <laughs> At the beginning of this podcast, you were like, now we're not going to use our insider knowledge to make these predict. We have no insider knowledge. Chomps <laughs> has always been like unbelievably ignorant of how the board game industry really works. Um, so, uh, I meant insider yeah. knowledge as in like, we can't be like, I couldn't have said, right, that Z-Man Games will create a pandemic Marvel edition if I knew that was already in development, right? Right, um, right, right. I don't right. know if that's in development or not. I don't even know if they have the ability to license it. Um, very fortuitous that it came just after our discussion of, of Marvel things as well. We could have sort of double bill here. We could, yeah. That's just that's just a really strong prediction. That's good. I mean, I feel like we're we're overdue a Marvel just board game. Because obviously we have Marvel Champions, you know, that's making a lot of money for Fantasy Flight, uh, Fantasy Flight Games and Asmodee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we haven't yet seen our like Marvel worker placement game. Well Marvel there's, RPG. There I I you know, this is maybe tipping my hat here, but there's also uh you know, in my in my research for this prediction, you can buy Thanos themed love letter, um, and mm. you can also buy I think <laughs> oh, okay. Marvel Splendor, if I'm correct. I think this is such a good prediction. I think it's going to get announced, and you're going to WhatsApp me on the day, and I'm going <laughs> to be that much closer to losing my copy of I don't know what am I going to lose realistically. I, I can't, yeah, I, I can't even focus on this podcast because I'm already looking at my board game collection and sort of like psychologically saying goodbye to my copy of Istanbul. <laughs> I can literally hear you nervously peeking. You can hear me turning my mouth away from the <laughs> microphone. Yeah. Okay. All right. Damn. Well, my second. Can, uh, well, uh, my second and third predictions are both are both subjective. So, like, you're just gonna have to suck it up. Oh no. Um. Uh. My second prediction for 2023 is more video game adaptations of board games will be announced than ever before, joining big ones that are arriving to back as like this year, like The Witcher Old World, The Elder Scrolls, Betrayed of the Second Era, Vampire the Masquerade Chapters, and Cyberpunk 27, 
C7, Gangs of Night City. Uh, so video game adaptations will be announced and will appear on Kickstarter. And here's my prediction. None of them will be very good. Absolutely <laughs> none of them. Not a one. Um, this brought to you by the knowledge that Shut Up and Sit Down has not once recommended a video game tie-in in doing this job for 10 years. But the the other reason that I feel pretty confident saying that like video game adaptations are done are dumb is that uh video games do appear in board games all the time, right? Like Kingdom Death Monster and the upcoming Beast are both great Monster Hunter board games. You know what's not a particularly great Monster Hunter board game? Monster Hunter World, the board game. Right, right. Like so anyway, look, that's 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 just sort of some of my ranting, but I think video game adaptations are clearly making money for a lot of publishers. Um, clearly no one is being put off by the fact that, you know, regularly you receive your copy of, you know, like the Dark Souls game or whatever, and it's just not very good. Um, so this trend is, this trend will continue until, you know, morale improves or money runs out. I, again, I'm going to ask you to make this less subjective by saying like putting a BGG score on it. No, uh, no, BGG scores is art. You can't do BGG scores because Kickstarter, Kickstarter skews higher. Just, just, just rate. You get your game on Kickstarter and you rank it eight on BGG before you've even played it. Right. Um, that's that's what happens. But I will say, shut up and sit down. Will not. Okay, this is starting to feel really nerve wracking now. Shut up and sit down. <laughs> in the year 2023, will not tell anybody to buy a board game adaptation of a video game that we have reviewed. I love that this is like the way that you've said that makes it now sort of turn into it a, does complicate us reviewing it, these games doesn't yes it? Now, exactly you, you've now basically like if there is a really great video game adaptation and you do pan it everyone in the comments is going to be like he just wants that double yeah he wants that copy <laughs> just, of beyond the sun he wants that yeah because there's no way that i am like, you know one of youtube's largest board game critics could possibly get my hands on a copy of beyond the sun <laughs> there's no way uh, i i'm that uh, i'm that Fickle. desperate yeah. no uh, to clarify just to just Tom and I are having a bit of fun here. All the people at home need to know that if someone <laughs> did a good video game adaptation, board game adaptation of a video game, goodness gracious, um, I would be delighted. I would feel like that's breaking the curse. I would want to give the designer and artist behind that game, you know, like uh, just huge praise and kudos and never mind the stupid competition that Tom and I are having. Thank you. That was, um, was good. It's good. You cleared that up. To like it's just it's just a really big ask, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like to, if you're a designer or an artist who has who's, you know or a team working to do a board game adaptation of a video game, it's just hard. You have to work to a really tight timeline. You probably have all kind of considerations from the publishers that need to be in place. Um, you, it needs to feel right to people who play the video game, and th that means that you're already like you're working with three hands tied behind your back before you've even you know started work. It's not a coincidence. That, um, that generally speaking, all of these games haven't yet been great. I like that prediction. Um, I like it. And I hope you get okay. it wrong. Uh, we'll see. I hope I get it wrong. I hope I get that one wrong. What about you? Uh, my next prediction is the Pandemonium Institute, the creators of Blood and the Clock Tower, will announce a new set for Blood and the Clock Tower. And I it will almost be had this. I have a caveat because I think it's I think it's m very likely to come true. My caveat we is know that, that to clarify, we know they've been working on addition. In fact, we know people have been playing additional character sets for Blood on the Clock Tower for years. It's just whether they announce it. Mm, they have to announce it, and it has to be playable by Halloween. Oh, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. Tom, you are a crazy person, and you should be chained up in a dungeon. <laughs> that's that's just a loss. You've just lost. There's no, no way. What are they going to do? Announce it and. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, they could announce it and it could be 
a preview of it could be playable at board game conventions by Halloween. Or it could be a print and play. Mm. There's lots of ways I can finagle my way out of it. So if you do want to add more caveats. <laughs> well, uh, playable. Uh, someone can, if um, people can play the, f- tell you what, people can play the full finished version by Halloween in some way. By finished, we mean rules, but not production. Rules, not, rules, but not production. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take that. I'll shake your digital hand okay. on that one. I mean, I just, you and I have both played like the, because Blood on the Clock Tower, the base game comes with three sets, one of which that's beginner, one of which intermediate, and one of which that's absolutely insane. Yes. Like, properly bonkers. Just off the rails crazy. Like, every time I've played it, I've come away like punch drunk. Yes. Um, So I'll be interested to see. Hopefully, if they release a new set, it'll be you know another another sort of relatively beginner or, or intermediate friendly, or it'll do something new. I'm interested. Plus, I know one of them's themed around a spooky circus, which I uh, I'm very interested to. That sounds about. incredible. That sounds like that ripe for uh, the Blood and the Clock Tower group that we've played with in the past. Um, have you know they put on spooky music when it's the nighttime? Oh, custom playlist. Uh, yes, yeah. I feel like spooky circus music could truly be uh, you know off off the chain. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, my third prediction is one where you're. I think you're gonna go. You're gonna make a noise when you hear it. <laughs> okay. Um, and then you'll probably maybe think about it, and then you'll maybe go, Quinns, you're so clever. Um, oh, it's also mega subjective. Oh so boy, here God we go. knows how I'll prove it. Um, so this is one of my predictions that might scooch over into 2024. But if we're playing hardball, then okay, I'll say 2023. My prediction is in the year 2023, one of the best board game one of the best new board games or card games that we talk about on this podcast in a very excited manner will be a VR game, a virtual reality board game or card game. Okay. I really like this prediction. I think this is great. You do? Do you like it because you're that much closer to getting my copy of Istanbul? Yes. Or yes. Do you li- okay. No, I, <laughs> I think it's very bold. So sorry, reiterate. So so it's it's the a, a really good card game or board game. Is One of the be most VR. exciting new ideas. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. so um, so yeah, VR technology is not yet yet. Nobody enjoys wearing the headsets. It's very uncomfortable. Um, it's too expensive. Um, that will I think change in the next you know five to ten years. It's <laughs> not exactly a crazy prediction. Um, but people regularly do do super interesting stuff. Uh-huh. And, I, you know, stuff where, you know, you'll tell you, like you, Tom, you lent me your Oculus and I you did. said, hey, play these few games. And I did. And I played them each for an hour and I was like, wow, that's cool. And then I gave it back and I feel no loss there. So that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the bar that I'm talking about. I'm just saying someone is going to do something cool with a board game or card game that you play in VR. Kind of like Inscription, if you've played that mm. video game, which is a video game where... It's a video game where you are looking at a table and playing a card game, but you can stand up from the table and walk around and and look at stuff that's around you and it's all spooky. Um, I think you could do a lot with a board game in virtual reality. And I think that we are getting quite close to card games feeling really good in VR. People are pushing that tech. Um, and like Mark Zuckerberg uh, himself is is trying to make poker in VR look good. And like, I (laughs) think, you know, holding... And failing, correct. But but uh, I've got some friends who work in like video game academia who are really excited about how close we are to cu- just sitting around the table and playing cards, feeling good at VR. And once that happens, the idea of playing a table game in a digital environment, you could like the sky's the limit in terms of you know what you could do, like in terms of you know just the imagination and the possibility space of playing a board game where anything can happen to the table, where anything can happen to the environment outside the table, where the cards in your hand can change or flick or move around or have lives of their own. You know, I'm just, this is all coming off the top of my dome, but I think the possibilities for tabletop in VR are endless, which is weird because, you know, 
I I don't like playing you know board games in a uh, on on a desktop computer. Mm. But I think in VR, whole new board game, whole new not board game, whole new uh, ball game. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I like this one. Um, I think that this will be one that we have an argument about uh, in the new year when we do our 2024 tabletop predictions. Yeah, because I'm going to think... be like the the Uno for the Oculus Rift was a game changer, Tom. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, we might well have to argue about this, but we'll see. Well, and I'll be on the lookout. In in other, you know, sort of like table or, or in other prediction-based podcasts, I feel like, um, you know, the hosts can kind of work it out amongst themselves whether someone is right or wrong with like empirical <laughs> proven evidence. I reckon that we'll just do a Twitter poll. Uh, who do you think was the most <laughs> right? And the Twitter poll will come down, as it always does, into people supporting the underdog and you will win it. Yes. Um, and that's, I'm fine with that because... I don't know. I'll just need to. I'll just need to make a really good case. What is your third prediction for 2023? My third prediction is a little boring. A little. I don't know if it's safe, but it's just not that interesting. Which is that Tigris and Euphrates will receive a major revamp or re-release. Who uh, owns the license right now? I don't know. I didn't do any research. Is um, it not still? Is it not still Fantasy or Asmodee Fantasy Flight who still have the old Wind Riders edition? Like. Well, we have, uh, there's sort know, of, is it probable cause? Is that the right terminology? Probably not. <laughs> um, but we have um, Bytewing Games picking up uh, Reiner Knizia things like Zuvadis is being remade uh, very recently. That was just happening right now. And then Ra um, has been um, sort of remade by 20th Century Games, been re-released. So the licenses for these things aren't impossible for people to attain and then reprint. And I think we've been tooting the horn and other people have been tooting the horn of Tigris and Euphrates for too long. Uh, so hopefully we'll see. This is mainly just me willing it into existence more than anything else, especially because you, yeah. Matt gave me his copy of Tigris and Euphrates as a gift. He was like, here, you can have this. And on my first game of it, I immediately snapped the board in half um, when being <laughs> over vigorous and flattening it onto the table. You know, I've never done that. I, while unfolding like a, a six fold or an eight fold board, yeah. I have never, I've never ripped it fully in half. I wonder if Matt had done like loosened the jam jar, so to speak. I think by... that I, I genuinely think that that copy of Tigris and Euphrates still had like everything like sealed if I remember correctly damn yeah it was like you and damn. him played it a lot together for the review presumably but then he bought a copy and it's just been untouched which is why it is now mine and why it is now broken <laughs> I like this prediction because you're basing it on absolutely no knowledge of anything <laughs> like not even not even no insider knowledge but very little knowledge at all yep um, on the other hand I like it because there's a good argument that Tigris and Euphrates is you know, if you had to say what is the greatest board game of all time, I don't think anyone would would have too much problem with you saying it is Tigris and Euphrates. Right. And the fact that you can't really buy it is 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 demented. <laughs> but then, but then, like you know, before the Wind Rider Games edition, which you know, like which is the edition that I like and that you and Ava don't like, mm -hmm. as you can listen, listen to on the old podcast we did about Rider Knizia, um a couple of years ago. Um, uh, it, before that Wind Riders edition, it was unavailable for like. Age, I want to say like it hadn't been reprinted for like seven or eight years. Or right, something. right. So we could we could be in for another long haul. I don't know. Maybe Fantasy think... Flight don't don't want to publish new copies and they don't want to let go of the licensees. That that happens all the time in board games. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> okay. My neck. My fourth prediction for 2023 is get this wholesale stolen from the Dice Towers predictions for 2023. Oh boy, um, okay. This this morning, while I was trying to get inspiration for, you know, what's coming in 2023, I was watching and reading some people's predictions, and the Dice Tower had one that I just loved. Um, so I took it, because no one can stop me. 
Um, uh, so the dice. Ta- one of the dice tower's predictions was that um, in the year 2023, the first purely solo one-player board game will enter the BGG Top 100. Um, so I I think this is cool. I think this would be the natural result of um, people having uh, solo games just having a boom yeah. year in the first year of the pandemic. And a lot of that was to do to shut up and sit down coverage. So there was your review of Thousand Year Old Vampire, the just unbelievably good one-player journaling game. Um, there was Matt's review of Under Falling Skies uh, by Czech Games Edition. Um, we reviewed Hostage Negotiator, which got rethemed as Final Girl, which mm-hmm, is a pretty cool mm-hmm. box. Um, Bargain Basement Bathosphere, the free print and play one-player game, got published as a box game by WizKids. Um, and I started doing the exit escape room board games by myself and having a great time. Um, and so, yeah, I think following on from that boom year of people going, oh, one-player games could actually be quite good, actually. For example, you, Tom Brewster, you like playing Super Skill Pinball alone for some reason. That's me. Um, that's you. No, it's actually a pretty great solo game. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, so I think the timeline is right. If in 2021 people realize that there's a market and a, a, a new design space available in solo games, 2023 feels like when one could come out that's just like, just ruddy good. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm just going to Google something right now because I believe Chip Theory Games have a glad- a one-player gladiator Hoplomachus. game. Hoplomachus. That's just for one player, right? It is just for one player. Imagine that. Maybe that's going to be one of the best hundred games ever made. Now I said that, it seems just like incredibly improbable. No, I, I um, like this because you, because you had the caveat that it has to be a purely solo game. I think that's what cinches it. Um, That's what's going to kill me. Yeah, because the proportion of board game players who are purely solo gamers is relatively small. And like, I'm looking through the top 100 here, and it seems like a lot of the games that are in here, like a lot of the games that place quite highly, or some of the games that place quite highly, can be soloed. So they get that like updraft from that percentage of players who do play solo, but most of them are not. <laughs> and those yes, games no. also are typically very good at like larger player counts too. So I like That's, this prediction because mm-hmm. I think it will be wrong. Um, even though <laughs> I think the Dice Tower know more than us, generally speaking, oh, they about had to, the industry. They do, they, they do know way more than us about the industry, but loads of their predictions were just were just were just definitely wrong. So like like uh I like they they said that Marvel Snap one of their predictions was that Marvel Snap would come out as a physical game this year, and I think there's no way. Because we never got Hearthstone as a physical game. I think um, that could happen. It could. But it's I think cool it would happen as like think- I think it would be like a tie-in with like Smash Up, <laughs> uh, because Marvel Snap is basically Smash Up. So why not? But they, they don't want to invite that comparison. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's actually, like, uh, yeah, Ben Brogan okay. would be pissed. What's your fourth prediction? Uh, my fourth prediction is also in a similar vein to you. We're talking about the BGG Top 100, but my one is is now. I'm thinking about this. Maybe bolder, maybe less bold. We'll see what you think. By the end of 2023. Two games from 2023 will have entered the BGG Top 10. I mm, Let me look at the BGG Top 10 right now. So I think that of the BGG Top 10 at the moment, there is only one game in here that was so... Oh, wait, hold on. There's literally no games from 2022 in here. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Ark Nova was 2021. Yes, that was my. That is is absolutely not the fourth best board game. I I appreciate (laughs) that I like Ark Nova less than most people, but like, holy kittens, like, that is not the fourth. But Ark Nova higher than than Twilight Imperium. I mean, I think it should be higher than Twilight Imperium fourth edition. 
I yeah, but actually, higher maybe than, I don't. I, I tell you what, I haven't looked at the BGG top one hundred in a while, and uh, and the, the, this is this is this is just all wrong now. Like I vaguely recognised it like four or five years ago, but like I don't know. Great, mm, Great Western Trail is fifteen. June Imperium, Gaia Project, uh, Star Wars Rebellion, Terraforming Mars, Ark Nova. This is just like a, a litany of. Of of Euro games that we don't like as well. <laughs> well, Brass Birmingham at number two feels like a good concession uh, to to, to our is. taste. Gloomhaven at number one, sure. Pandemic Legacy Season One at number three, great. Uh, and then you and disagree then it, with what everything else? <laughs> is Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion the? Do we need two Gloomhavens in the top ten? I don't know. No, the answer do we need is through the ages. No. A new story of civilization at number thirteen. No, no. Do we need Nemesis at number eighteen? No. This is this has been a, a fun diversion, Quinns, but I need you to 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 <laughs> join me on 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 this prediction. I actually you might can... make it easier and say, no, I'll, I'll keep it as it is. Actually, you I, wrote it. Look, I'm I'm absolutely. You have to keep that that prediction exactly how you wrote it. Because I, I I looked at I I looked at the top ten and I saw Ark Nova and went like, and I was like, that's a 2022 game. That's one game you know per year goes into the top. 10 so two is bold but then Ark Nova is 2021 but you're right yeah one of them could be Frosthaven and then would have one of them three probably, Haven if, if, properties look, in the top 10 if if Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion made it that close then right. I think I think I think Frosthaven is a shoo-in so really you're just saying one other game aside from Frosthaven is going to be good enough I don't even know if Frosthaven is a shoo-in but I like the, I, well, I will keep this prediction maybe okay, okay okay I mean look you have to keep it because uh, I didn't I I sort of ran out of steam towards like this is the point where I I couldn't think of anything really truly great for my fifth <laughs> and final prediction um, because I wrote these before I knew there was like the stakes of us burgling one another um, so look I've got one that you can veto if you don't think it's fair but my fifth prediction was in the year 2023 I will do another shut up and sit down video review of an RPG. That's, no, that was my, that's terrible. Like, you I have complete control you over that. You, I, well, look, that wasn't that wasn't the deal. We said some predictions. I predict that. Do I have control over it? Yeah. Will it definitely happen? I don't know. Life's complicated. So, but it, you look, look. If Awful you're, if you're really going to kick up. A Awful stink, prediction. I'm kicking up a fuss okay. about that one. Okay. That can I, get I, in wanna, the bin. Do you, you want to break the seal on my emergency backup? Prediction? Y- yes, I do. Rip that bad boy open right now. <laughs> okay, it's one word. Uh, Dominoes. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I think, look, we've, look, Crocodile came back. Um, right. Uh, the regular 52 card deck, you know, we, we shut up today and explored that a little bit. Um, poker chips, we're playing with them. Um, so what ha- what is a board game component of history that hasn't recently gotten a fair shake? It's Dominoes. So, and also like, so for, this is not as insane as it sounds. So like, you know, cause obviously King Domino is powered by Domino technology. Right. Um, I believe Renature yes. is basically Domino it technology. It is Domino, yep. So some kind of Domino in 2023. You know, That's like, like okay, prediction. so uh, I think we could change the goalpost on this to be like a Domino based game gets a glowing shut up and sit down review. Wow, that's hang on. Look, I I don't I look. We've we sh- first off, domino based games have gotten glowing shut ups and down reviews because you reviewed Renature and loved it. I did, yes. Um, I'm just saying that board game publishers will remember and try and access some of the sort of like history and culture and like. Um, let me let me rephrase. Quentin Smith will stake his professional reputation on a game that has dominoes in it. What stake? Uh, it, I did. It, hmm. 
Look, I like the I, wording d- of this. I, so the reason that I choose wording is because I basically want to see you sort of struggle to find a domino-based game that you really like and then That's half-heartedly defend it on the podcast. Look, um, I think we should go back to me doing another RPG review. I think uh, I don't see what was wrong with that as a fifth prediction. There's something very, um, very funny about the f- your fifth prediction just being a single word, dominoes. That is good, though. <laughs> okay, I, we'll okay, stick so, with that. So, okay. And then we can, we, we can have fun next year arguing about whether dominoes had a good year or not. How about that? Yeah, or, or I think maybe we go the other way around because I've got like a sick, I've got a number six prediction that is like outlandish, right? And I feel like if we make one of your predictions more outlandish, it would then mean that we then have five base predictions and a bonus sixth prediction that's ridiculous. Oh, okay. So uh, does that mean I'm allowed to have my, I will do an RPG review and then my sixth outlandish prediction is just the word dominoes? Yes. Yeah, I think that's, okay. I think that's fair. Okay, great. So what are your fifth and sixth predictions? Uh, my fifth prediction is, uh, I don't know whether this is too easy or too hard or, or what kind of prediction it is. We'll, you'll be the judge of that. Uh, it is, my number five prediction is, Great Western Trail New Zealand will enable you to shear your sheep. <laughs> that way is that the outlandish prediction no that's that my the, that's my fifth regular that's prediction. the serious one that's my serious prediction it will have oh. uh, it will or it will prominently feature a sheep shearing mechanic <laughs> oh wow well we know it's going to have sheep instead of cows we do um we do know that but will it let you shear them now i'll also preface this to be like i didn't look up whether great western trail new zealand was even coming out this year so it is, isn't it? We had Argentina, we had the base games, and New Zealand will be this year. Yeah, I think so. That's what was that. That feels right or, in my head. Or there'll be a pre. There will at least be a preview of it this year that will inform us. Right, right. Like if there's a sheep sharing mechanic, imagine oh, if we go up to like a feels... demo table at like a convention, and then someone's demoing Great Western Trail New Zealand, and I tentatively ask, "Can you share your sheep?" And the person demoing says, "No," and I just scream in the middle of the convention <laughs> hall, and you go off you and know, celebrate. I can't kick up a fuss about this, even though I think it is quite likely. I think um, it's unlikely because the because sheep my will fir- be cards in your hand. And so shearing them might involve like a whole extra like deck of cards to have your sheep shorn uh, or regular. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, like the the, the slightly problematic TP tokens in Great Western Trail. Right. I could see like there being stations along the path that let you shear your sheep. But also that's not how sheep shearing <laughs> like you don't shear your sheep on the way to droving them. Also, you don't drove sheep anyway. So, like, I don't know. We've got like, there's a lot of questions about Great Western Trail New Zealand. My prediction, which is not by this game we're playing, but I predict I'm going to Great Western Trail New Zealand is going to be the one that I have in my collection. Just, oh, um, okay, that's a fun little bonus addendum that you've got I, there. I have Great Western Trail the first edition. It's fine. Um, so I want to swap it out for one of the new second editions, and I think New Zealand is the one. New Zealand's going to be it. It's kind of cute. It's a bit different. I don't know. What's your sixth stupid prediction? My sixth stupid prediction is sort of along the lines of one of your early predictions of games being, uh, Kickstarter games becoming bigger and bigger and more and more ridiculous, which is a game will be shipped that is twice the weight of Frosthaven. Uh, Wait, but what was the the huge game that you were unpacking with Matt? Oathsworn. Uh, Is that bigger than Frosthaven? Uh, Let me check. So, So for reference... Uh, let me just quickly check to see exactly how heavy Frosthaven is because it is, it's like, uh, let me let me Google it real quick. How heavy is Frosthaven? It's 30 pounds. Um, for our, for, for, for normal people in kilograms, that's 13 kilograms. So I would need God. a game to be 60 pounds, which is 20, 23 kilograms. <laughs> 
Oathsworn. Wow. Uh, let me see if I can find out how heavy Oathsworn was physically. Oh, hold on. 25 pounds is Oathsworn. Oh, so Gloomhaven, Frosthaven is actually heavier. Frosthaven is heavier, yes. So you, do you think we're going to we're going to have our first like oh, well Kickstarter? I really don't hope this, but I also kind of do that. Kickstarters will start bragging about how heavy they are and like you know bursting through yeah, the weight yeah. line or the weight limit. This is like this is this is less of a sixth cool prediction of something we think the board game industry is going to happen, and more like you being a horseman of the apocalypse and declaring <laughs> that. Board games are just going to enter this utterly cursed phase where uh, where they just get heavier and heavier. Until- I was going to my, my my prediction before was I was thinking it was too subjective, but before then was going to be a game will be shipped that creaks, <laughs> a game that will be shipped that comes that the, where the only shipping solution is not a cardboard box but a proper wooden crate you have to put a <laughs> straw that you have to open with a crowbar. Wow. Okay. Um, you know. I'm so excited to revisit this next year. So Most, not, be- not because it's going to be like interesting to see how the board game industry has changed, but because it's going to be an hour of the pettiest arguments <laughs> known to man. I have to argue that Kickstarter games are 15% bigger. It's going to be more work to prepare for that debate than it will be to predict what's going to happen. I think we should uh, record that predictions episode in person and we should bring the games that are on the line and put them in the middle of the table while we record. That's that's perfect. Yeah, let's do that. That's yep. absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much for listening to the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast, everybody. And if we've, uh, probably a podcast where we've all learned less nothing. than nothing. Yeah. Um, if we've if we've learned one thing from this podcast, it's that Tom and I probably shouldn't try and make our, our living um, by uh, quitting our day jobs and working as soothsayers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I thought you were going to say tellers. as board game industry critics or whatever, but, oh, but no. Oh, dude, we should, we, I, no. We, there's, <laughs> if you were to listen to this podcast and say, I think it's both time for you to just stop. Um, I would say, yeah, that's that's fair, and I and, and I would, you know, you can put me out in a field. Yeah. Um, no, this was a blast. Uh, and if you thought this was a blast, why not leave a comment on shutupandsitdown.com, the website that collects everything we do, from videos to podcasts. That's actually it. That's that's, that's, that's what pretty we do. much it. But those yeah. those are the two best things because they have because they're multimedia. Yeah, you can mediums. enjoy them in in any uh, anywhere. You can enjoy them on the go or in the bath. Yeah, the two modes of being. Are you doing anything board game related today, Tom? Uh, yeah, but um, I'm going to write a review probably, and I'm going to play some paperback adventures. Ooh, that's the game where you spell words that help you fight a goblin, right? Yeah, just like in Slay the Spire, but instead it's got letters in it. Board games are nuts. They're just crazy. Board games are crazy. They're just so crazy. They're just absolutely nuts.